Good morning, Harmony. Welcome. Would you stand up with us this morning? Today we're talking about acts that will change your life. We're talking about acts of forgiveness. And all of the songs this morning really focus on how Christ has forgiven us when we ask him to. So as we sing out this morning, sing from the heart. We haven't sang a couple of these songs for a while, but just think about them as we sing. Sing with me right here. He became sin who knew no sin. We might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. Aren't you thankful? Love so amazing. Sing to him this morning. Jesus Messiah. The name above all. Blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah.
awesome worship this morning. You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. We want to welcome you uh, in person, online. We want to thank you for gathering with us uh, and coming out and uh, just allowing us to be able to have a part in your day. We are looking forward to spending about the next hour with you, and we're looking forward to great things. If you are a guest with us in person, we want to thank you for being here and being a part of our service today. We would love for you to uh, find one of the QR codes uh, around you or throughout our building uh, and fill out a Connect card through that. You can do that electronically or come back to our our Connection Center uh, after the service, and we'd love the opportunity to learn more about you and to be able to send a gift home with you that just says thank you for being here and being a part uh, of our service today. We'd love to know how we can serve you uh, and, and maybe meet a need that you have in your life right now. So again, we say thank you for being our guest. If you are online, please let us know uh, that you're a guest online. We would love to be able to connect with you and, and to be able to share some information about who we are and, and about the opportunities that might be be available uh, for you here at Harmony. Well, there's a lot of things that are taking place uh, during this time of year, right? You got spring break, you got the startup of spring sports, and all kinds of different things going on. Uh, but here pretty soon, we have this thing called Easter, right? Uh, and uh, it is coming up. It is quickly approaching. And this year, we are presenting to you uh, the scribe on Easter Sunday morning. We're opening up with music. We've got a presentation entitled The Scribe by Dr. Paul Pitts. It's going to be a one-man dramatic interpretation and presentation uh, of the life of Christ through the, through the eyes of a centurion, through the eyes of a scribe. It's going to be an incredible experience. You'll want to be here. We'll package it all together. Uh, and uh, I know it's going to be an amazing time as we gather uh, and worship on Sunday morning. And we'll be showing you a video about that here in just a minute before uh, we, we start our next a worship song, so you'll be able to see a glimpse of what that uh, will be like and, and what's going to be taking place on Easter Sunday. Prior to uh, Easter Sunday, we've got Palm Sunday coming up, uh, and we're going to take a, a walk through some aspects of the life of Christ and what went on uh, that, that week that we know as Holy Week, and it'll be uh, practical things that, that are unfolding uh, in, in our lives each day as to how we can manage and, and uh, deal with some different things that, that we're often uh, faced uh, with here uh, in our life today. Long-term announcement that I want to make you aware of. Uh, we are hosting a Refuel One Day Conference through the Liberty Church Network. Pastor Jonathan Falwell is going to, to be here uh, that day speaking. We have Matt Wilmington, the son of Dr. Harold Wilmington, and it's kind of funny. Matt is uh, a, a doctor. He's a, a leader. He's served on some of the largest uh, staff uh, churches uh, in, in the country and done some absolutely incredible things. But everywhere he goes, he's known as Dr. Wilmington's son. Um, uh, so I, I want to tell you, so he's, he's hands-on, he's practical. Uh, and uh, he, he's like his, his father. He takes a lot of things that are, are, are complicated and makes them simple. He'll be one of our guest speakers that day. A guy by the name of Dave Gibson. Uh, Dave Gibson is the missions pastor uh, out at Grace Church in Eden, uh, Prairie, Minnesota. But Dave also leads the Go Initiative uh, that, that's an international movement. And uh, he leads that here in America and, and just uh, gives some resources that are practical as to how we can share 
our faith, share our testimony, and, and impact others for Christ. That conference is free. It is open to each and every one of you. We want to encourage you to put that uh, on your calendar. Come out and be a part of that. There'll be breakout sessions and other things uh, that, that are going on on that day. So we want to encourage you uh, to plan on being a part of that and, and uh, let other churches, pastors, different ones know. Uh, because the, the goal is to equip, encourage, uh, and, and empower each and every pastor, staff, church leader, church attender uh, to, to make disciples that make disciples. So that's the goal uh, with the Liberty Church Network Refuel one day. And that's a long-term announcement, but be praying for that. And uh, as you see an opportunity uh, to get in on that and be a part of that, we want to encourage you to do that. Well, again, I want to say thank you for being here and uh, being a part of what we're doing here at Harmony today. In just a little bit, uh, we're going to continue the series entitled Acts That Will Change Your Life. And today, uh, we're talking about one that we all need, uh, not always excited to give or extend, uh, but I know it will make a difference in our life. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, go to the Lord in prayer, and then immediately following that prayer, we're going to go ahead and take a look at this video. Father, we come to you today, and uh, we thank you for who you are. And Lord, we know that right now, people are, are struggling. Uh, people have needs in their life. Lord, I, I lift up uh, Dan Brown and his family uh, to you today as uh, his father, uh, Pastor Harold Brown, 84 years old, went to be with you just uh, a couple of days ago. Lord, it, it wasn't uh, expected, uh, but uh, it didn't catch you off guard. And, and Lord, we just ask that you would comfort them and strengthen them during uh, this time. Lord, I, I ask you to be with Joanne Gruber. Just received a phone call uh, that she had fallen and uh, she's been taken to the hospital. And, and we know that, that most likely she's going to be okay, but it's still unexpected and it's still unknown. So, Lord, I ask that you would be with her and uh, be with her daughter, Carol, as she's uh, taking care of things. And, and then, Lord, I, I think of uh, Jennifer Smith and Chad Smith. They've been through so many different things with family in the past several months, and, and now Chad's mom has, has uh, been back in the hospital overnight, and just different things going on. And Lord, when you look around, it seems like every one of us has struggles and battles that we're facing and, and dealing with. And Lord, I just ask that you will meet the need in each and every life, that you'll give comfort where comfort is needed, wisdom where it's needed. And Father, as we navigate our life, I just ask that you would help us to look to you, to lean on you, and Father, that we would hear from you. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Since the birth of humanity, across cultures and throughout the ages, we have prayed. Why do so many of us ask for help from above in our time of need? What is it that compels us to believe in something greater than ourselves? And why do even unbelievers find a prayer on their lips from time to time? I set out to understand this instinct. Join me on a journey through history, science and faith, to discover the heart of the human condition and tell the story of God.
I'm setting off on a journey to understand how God has helped us answer the biggest questions we have about our place in the universe. Where do we come from? What happens when we die? Why does evil exist? This is a journey of a lifetime. It's my quest to understand human faith and to discover how our beliefs connect us all. In one epic story, The Scry. So be looking forward to that Easter Sunday morning. Would you stand with us one more time? As we sing these next couple of songs, we have to consider how Jesus gave himself willingly so that we could have life and have it more abundantly and have it eternally. Everybody needs forgiveness this morning. Everybody needs to embrace what God has for us this morning. So sing with me as we sing. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the
let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Oh, Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Oh, Savior, he can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. this your prayer this morning. Think about this. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Sin runs deep, your grace is more, where grace is found is where you are, and where you are, Lord, I am free, 
with me this morning. Father, we do need you this morning. We can't face anything alone. Father, as we talk about forgiveness this morning, I'm thankful this morning for the forgiveness that you've offered to me. The forgiveness that you've offered to each one of us. And Father, as we just talk about that truth this morning, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds to the preaching this morning, the message you've given John. And Father, let it pierce our hearts. Let it go deep. And Father, we invite the Holy Spirit in this morning just to walk up and down the chairs and do his work. We thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, today we continue our series entitled Acts That Will Change Your Life, and we're talking about a topic that everybody needs. It's better to receive, and, 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 and sometimes it, it's difficult to give away, and it is not money, all right? Uh, we, we all need what we're talking about today, and that is this. It's, it's one word, forgiveness. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever needed to say, I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? All right, let's have a moment of transparency right here. We'll, we'll just kind of get involved early on. Uh, how many of you have ever known that you should forgive someone, that you should go ahead and let it go, but you have struggled to do it? Let's just ease those hands on up again, right? We, we can go a little slower on, on that one. Hey, the, here's the, the reality, right? Everybody needs forgiveness, and everybody is, is going to need to give forgiveness at some point in this life. And here's the reality. Sometimes it's, it's challenging to receive forgiveness, right? Because we, we might not think that we've earned it. We might not think that we're worthy of it. And then sometimes it's hard to give forgiveness because of the hurt, the pain, the struggle that is real and that is involved. Today we take a look at, at the life of an individual that we, we kind of looked at somewhat last Sunday. We take a look at, at the, the life of a man by the name of Stephen, who, who we find early in, in the, the book of Acts, right? Uh, we, we, we find that he's a believer. We find that he's serving God faithfully. Yet as he's serving God faithfully, he encounters a serious struggle that's not just about pain and hurt, and, and it's not uh, about somebody saying something wrong to him. It's literally about the end of his life. And when we look at, at Stephen, from, from the beginning of the time we pick him up in Scripture until the end of the time where, where he goes ahead and lays down his life, there's going to be some marks in his life that we need in our life that, that we can learn from that will help in, in this thing called acts of forgiveness. Because remember, we all need to receive forgiveness, and at some point in time, we're all going to need to give forgiveness. So, so let's look at, at some aspects about this forgiveness thing and, and kind of put it on a, a, a level playing field 
so to speak. Forgiveness. What, what, what is forgiveness really uh, about? Well, well, for some people, uh, they, they say, look, if you follow Jesus, you're never going to have problems, so you won't really need to, to forgive anybody. Anybody ever thought that if you follow Jesus, life would be a little bit easier than, than what it is sometimes? Let's look at, at something else. Sometimes people have this outlook on, on forgiveness. They, they, they say, I'm not going to forgive or get even. I'll get ahead. And, and here's a reality. When, when we say, I'm not going to forgive, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get even, I'm going to get ahead. Do you know what we're doing? We're making life worse for ourselves and, and for those that are around. How about, how about this one? Forgiveness needs to be earned. I'll forgive someone when, when they earn it or when they deserve it. Sometimes people think, man, I, I can't forgive because forgiveness means forgetting. Forgiveness means forgetting. I, I can't get it out of, of my mind. What is, what is this forgiveness thing really all about? Is it, is it me saying, hey, you're forgiven and, and me left feeling like I got the short end of the stick and somebody took advantage of me? Is, is it about me saying, hey, you're forgiven and, and, and I'm not going to hold it against you any, anymore only to feel like, wow, I, 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 I'm, I'm still hurting and, and I can't get beyond this moment? Do you know what forgiveness really is? Forgiveness is an opportunity to, to go ahead and, and get rid of some of the resentment and anger that, that's there just to release it. Forgiveness, according to the, to the Bible, is, is giving up the right to, to bring it up again. Forgiveness, according to, to the Bible, is, is taking it to a, a higher playing field, a higher court, a, a higher place where, where we, we say, okay, God, I, I'm allowing you to deal with it and, and, and you to have your way. But here's one of the things that, that people often struggle with when, when we talk about the concept of forgiveness. And here's what they say. Forgiveness doesn't benefit me. I want to tell you something. Harboring anger and resentment causes the body to release stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, whenever the person or the situation comes to mind. So a steady stream of those chemicals lead to stress, lead to anxiety, as well as lessen your creativity and ability to solve problems. Now, those are medical, emotional, and scientific facts about the human body. But, but do you know what's, what's, what's worse than that? Is, is the author of Hebrews says, don't let a root of bitterness spring up in your heart. What is bitterness? It's unforgiveness that, that's taken hold. Why? Because it begins to sabotage all of your other relationships, including your relationship with the Lord. So when we look at this concept of, of forgiveness, when we talk about this concept of, hey, I'm, I'm letting someone off the hook, let's just forget about all of the other things that we think we know about forgiveness. And when we talk about the act of forgiveness, here's what we're doing. We are putting ourselves in a place where we are allowing God to do what he wants to do in our life. 
You see, forgiveness is not so much about the circumstance, the condition. It's not so much about the other people uh, in, in, involved. Forgiveness is, is about you saying, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose to be right with God regardless of what other people are choosing to do and how they're choosing to spend their life that moment whatever it might be. And when we look at the life of Stephen, we find some absolutely incredible marks on his life that would, would be well to mark our life. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 7. And in Acts chapter 7, here's, here's what we're going to do. We pick up in Acts chapter 7 and verse number 54. Now Stephen has already been chosen as a servant right? And the Bible says that he's faithful and he's full of the Holy Spirit. And, and all of that is found in Acts chapter 6 in those first seven, eight verses that, that we looked at last Sunday. Now Stephen has been serving, he's been teaching, he's been preaching. And people say, look, we don't like what this guy's doing. And we don't like what this guy's doing. So we're going to lie about him. And the reason we're going to lie about him is because he's putting us out of business. He's telling the truth about Jesus and, and who Jesus is and what Jesus can do. He's telling the truth about how Jesus can, can redeem and forgive and make your life whole. He's telling the truth about Jesus being the Messiah and dying on the cross and the forgiveness of sins and all of those things. He, he's, he's giving the truth. And now here's what we discover in Acts chapter 7, verse number 54. It says, when they heard these things, what things? The things that Stephen was telling him about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life. About how you condemned him and you crucified him and you've resisted God's direction. It says, when they heard these things, they were what? Cut to the heart. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. Get this in your mind. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're beyond ticked off. They, they, they're, they're eaten up with anger. They're grinding their teeth. They're, they're beginning to mumble through their teeth and, and to begin to say things in a very aggressive manner. And the jaw is clenched and the fist is tightened. And you've got this setting and scene where they are absolutely becoming enraged with anger. But, but here's what it says, verse number 55. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. It just means they did it together, right? I, I mean, they didn't vote on it. They didn't, I mean, they, they went ahead and they couldn't take it anymore. And all at once, they ran at him. They lunged at him. And here's what it says. They, they cast him out of the city and stoned him. It means they drug him out of the city and they took rocks and they began to go ahead and take these rocks, sizable rocks, and they're throwing them at Stephen and they're trying to break his bones. They're trying to crush his skull. They're trying to take his life. And here's what happens. The witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down, and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Let's talk about something in, in the, the circumstance and in the situation of, of this. I want to go back to, to Acts chapter 6. And in Acts chapter 6, it, it, it says this. 
in verse number five, it says, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. And what's it say about, about Stephen? It says he was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. We go to verse number eight. It says, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. When we look at verse number 10, it says this, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. If we just continue to, to go down, and in verse number 15, it says, and all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of an angel. Now we, we go ahead and, and we turn a couple of pages and, and we come back, and, and here's what Stephen is doing. He's still speaking about Jesus. He's still speaking about the, the truth of him. And verse number 55, it says this, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. In verse number 54, it says they are ticked off and they are right in front of him. Yet what is Stephen doing? The Bible never, never mentions that Stephen was full of anger. It never mentions that Stephen said, God, this is not fair. Why are you letting this happen to me? I'm your best and brightest servant. I'm the one that, that is out here doing all of these things. Where are the rest of the guys that they just voted on a, a little bit ago? What are, what are they doing? What, where are they at? How come they're not right here with me? Why, why am I alone in this? No, he, he doesn't do any of those things. If there's something that, that needs to mark our life in an act of forgiveness, and we really want to become someone who forgives, we take this from, from the life of Stephen, and, and, and here it is. We need the heart of Stephen. What was the, the heart of Stephen? Well, well, the Bible says that it was full of faith and it was filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that every one of our hearts are going to be full of something? Right? I, I, I mean, we, we, we all know people, right, who are full of themselves, right? I, I mean, it, 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 just that, that simple. Every, every time they, they talk, the, the conversation leads back, back to them. Everybody knows somebody that, that you hate to share a story with. Why? Because they're going to one-up you. That, that's just, that's just what, what it is. I mean, you, you could go ahead and, and, and have been a, a, an athlete and hit a, a, a grand slam walk-off home run, and they're going to tell you, you know what, I did that twice in my career. You, you, you could have been a football player and may, said, look, I ran a 99-yard touchdown because technically that's as long as it gets, right? I mean, I know you take the handoff out of the end zone in, the, in that setting. I can put it all together. But they're going to tell you, well, you know, I got the pitch really deep in the end zone. Uh, so mine was like 116 yards that, that I, I, I took it. Uh, so, so they can just go ahead and, and one up. Or somebody's going to go ahead and, and you got a, a raise and, and you got the promotion. But they, they got one a little bit better and, and they got the office that, that overlooks the nice courtyard they get they get to be closer to their their friends right you know what i'm what i'm talking about that the, the stories are are endless uh, of that how does how does that happen and and, and some of you say what, what what does this have to do with forgiveness what does this have to do with with where i'm at it has everything to do with where we're at because i want to tell you something the circumstance or the condition that stephen found himself in never changed the condition of his heart you see, when we pick him up, he's full of faith in the Holy Spirit. 
when he sits down to begin to teach, he's full of faith in the Holy Spirit. When the council doesn't like what he's saying, he's full of faith in the Holy Spirit. When they say, we want to go ahead and end your life, what is he? Full of faith in the Holy Spirit. In the life of Stephen, in the heart of Stephen, his heart never becomes filled with anger, bitterness, or resentment. His heart remains not focused on the condition around him or the circumstances around him. His heart stays focused on the Christ who called him, on the Christ who loved him, on the Christ that offered him forgiveness. You see, when we look at our life, there are so many times that our heart gets filled with the conditions that are outside of us, and we begin to wear them on the inside of us, and we look, and and, and we say, man, life is not fair, and God, you know what? They've hurt me, and they said this, and they did that, And, and all of those things might be true. But, but here's the reality. When we begin to let those things fill our heart, they're edging something else out. They're, they're causing something else to, to be pushed out. And, and, and more often than not, here's, here's what happens. God gets pushed out. His truth, his love, his mercy, his grace. We, we begin to, to push those things out. You know what Proverbs says Proverbs chapter 4 verse number 23 keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life did you you know why Solomon says keep keep your heart with all diligence because the heart it's the seed of the emotion it's an identifier of, of what we give our life to. But, but Jesus said, protect your heart because out of your heart proceed the issues of life. Jesus said, out of the heart come, what? Anger, murder, adultery. What, what else did he say comes, comes out of that heart? Unforgiveness. Those are the words of Jesus, not me. That, that's, that's what Jesus said. That, that's what his word said. So, so we look at it. And we look at the heart of Stephen. It's full of faith. It's filled with the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? How, how does that happen? We make up our mind to surrender and submit our heart and our life to Christ rather than the condition of life. We, we make up our mind to say, look, this is what Christ has called me to. This is what he's instructed me to be. So rather than to submit to the condition, rather than to, to submit to, to what somebody else has done, rather than to give my life to the hurt, rather than to give my life to the, the setback, rather than to give my life to what somebody else has said or their opinion of me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to keep my heart with God. And I'm going to let God protect my heart, with who he is, with what he says, with how he wants me to live my life. Because I want to tell you something. In this world, we're not going to live very long before people hurt us. We're not going to live very long before life goes awry. And it's going to be difficult. We're going to have people that hurt us for absolutely no reason. We're going to have people that disappoint us and, and let us down. It, it, it's going to happen. But when we look 
at the answer to getting through those moments. The answer is, is this, what am I going to give my heart to? Am I going to give my heart to Christ or am I going to give my heart to the attitude that, that allows bitterness to, to creep in and unforgiveness to, to take over? Am I, I going to let all of those problems linger in my life and control who I am? Control what I do. You see, that, that, that's the tragedy of it. In, in, in life, it, it's very easy to let something that happened 10 years ago go ahead and, and still control a life. People often go, go through a, a, a divorce. And, 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 and in, a, in a divorce setting, it's, it's not unusual for what happened 20 years ago to, to go ahead and, and still influence our life. And, and we say, man, that they're my ex. And, and the reality is, 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 yeah, they're your ex, but you're still living with them in your mind. So somebody, somebody said something 25, 30 years ago, 10 weeks ago, whatever it might be. You're still carrying it with you. Why? Because it still has your heart and, and we need to, to go ahead and, and, and let Christ control the condition of the heart. And that's what Stephen did. If, if we want to, to take an act of forgiveness and, and we want to begin to, to get past things and to truly let them go, we've got to allow Christ to control the condition of our heart. The heart of Stephen, it was controlled by the Spirit of God. It was controlled by the Word of God. It was controlled by the Christ who's in charge of the condition. It may have caught Stephen off guard, but nothing caught God off guard. So, so we look and we realize the heart of Stephen, it was protected. He, he kept the Holy Spirit, the Lord, at the front of it. He protected his heart. And, and can I tell you something today? This is, this is not a, a message to say, look, if, if you're struggling to forgive somebody, that, that you're less of a person. Because that's, that's not the, the reality. We all struggle. We all need forgiveness. We all have to extend forgiveness. The challenge in getting there to extending that forgiveness is to remember what we were given. To remember Christ forgave me. And, and when he forgave me, he, he took care of all of, of those things. He separated my sins as far as the east is from the, the west. They're buried in the deepest seas to be remembered no more. He, he's not bringing those things up. He has let them go. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. And he takes our pain. And, and, and he gives us joy. And he gives us purpose. And he wants us to let those things control our life. And when we begin to, to let that happen, we can move to that place where we are giving what we receive, and that is forgiveness. Let, let's look at something else that marked the life of Stephen, and, and, and let's take a, a look at the words of, of Stephen. You see, we start with the heart because everything flows with, with the heart. In, in, in verse number 10, Acts chapter 6, it, it, it says, this, and they were not able to, to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Who's the he? We're talking about Stephen, the, the, the words of Stephen in, in verse number 10 of Acts chapter 6. But then we match him up with verse number 56. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And then he cried with a, then they cried with a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him. It, but but as, as we go ahead and, and look what, what does Stephen say? He was calling on God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. 
you look at the heart of Stephen, we begin to see the words of Stephen. Why, why are they so important? The first thing is this. They were words of wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is, is knowledge in action. You see, Stephen knew the, the word of God, so he was sharing the words of God in his everyday conversation. They were flowing from his, his lips, but more importantly, they were being lived out in his life. And we got to keep in mind that what was really bothering the people, and this is the truth, what was really bothering the people is this, the words that he spoke is the way that he lived. And I promise you, when, when you're consistent with it, and people don't want to, to hear much about the, 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 the word of God, when, when you go ahead and, and you speak it and you live it and it's consistent, it, it, it irritates them. Did you know what else irritates him is, is when we say, hey, we're Christians and we're Christ followers, but nothing adds up, right? Then, then they, they attack us for, for being, what, a, a hypocrite. We look and, and we see the words of Stephen. It says they were words of wisdom. He, he knew God's word. If we're going to have words of wisdom, we've we got to spend time with, with the Father. But then there was words from the Spirit. What, what does that mean? It was controlled by the Spirit, which means he was submitted to the Spirit. We go back to that whole concept of his heart. The Bible says early on that he was full of faith and full of the Spirit. When we take a look at why it's so important to look at the words of Stephen, Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. Again, the heart's important. We see the heart, we see the words, because the, the heart's going to reveal the words, and the words are going to reveal the, the heart. So, so when we look at, at forgiveness, forgiveness is, is, is not a word problem. It's not a word challenge. It's not that we struggle to say, I forgive you. It's, it's, it goes back to the heart. So, so let's, let's move a, a little bit further in, into this and, and, and begin, like, gaining where, where we need to, to go. Let, let's look at the expression of Stephen. The, the, the Bible says that he was, what, having an expression as the face of an angel. Verse number 15, Acts chapter 6. It says, and all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him saw his face as the face of of an angel. What, what is an expression? An expression is often a revealer of what's on the inside. It's a, a predetermined response that, that, that we say, hey, hey, this is what's going on on, on the inside. You know, when, when we look at, at Stephen, Stephen's there, he's in, in front of a, a council, and, and he just has a, an expression as an angel. He's not filled with anger. He's not clenching his teeth. He, he, he's just there, and there's like a glowing radiance about him. Why? Be, because there's no issue in the heart. His heart is right. His words are right. His heart and his words go ahead and reveal the, the expression. The expression tells us what's going on on the inside. Think about this for, for just a moment. If we were to go back to the Old Testament in Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah has, has gotten word in chapter 1 that the city of Jerusalem is in ruins. It's in rubble. And here's what happens in, in Nehemiah chapter 2 in, in verse number 1. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king, and he goes before King Artaxerxes, and, and he is sad. And, and here's, here's what happens. In verse number 2, therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing 
but sorrow of heart. Do you know, do you know what the king was saying? He was saying, Nehemiah, what's going on on the inside? Because what's going on on the inside is being worn as your expression. It's being revealed on your face. Some of you are saying, John, are you telling me that I need to go around with a face like an angel all the time? Hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could do that? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if, if people described you as having the face of an angel? To, just to start with, right? But let alone in the difficult moments of life. How, how does that happen? Stephen didn't let the condition around him control the condition of his heart. Stephen did not let what others were saying to him or about him determine the words that he used. Stephen did not let the outward condition change an inward reality. And that inward reality was worn as the expression. I have an idea when he stood in verse number 56, Acts chapter 7, and the Bible says that he was looking into the heavens and he could see the glory of God. I'm certain that there was an expression that was angelic. While others are staring at him and while others are gnashing their teeth at him and while others are saying, look, here, here's a, a, a reality. We're ready to kill you. Stephen is standing there and he's saying, look, my heart's good. My words, hey, my, my heart's good, so, so my words are, are going to be okay. And, and the expression doesn't change. It just remains that of an angel. Is it because he was perfect? Is it because he didn't have a problem? Is it because there was no struggles around him? No, that, that's not it. Because the guy is getting ready to lose his life. He has people telling him, look, we don't like you. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Yet Stephen remains unchanged. Why? Because he understands that the power of God will keep his heart, will keep his words, will keep his expression regardless of what is going on around him. And what other people are doing or saying about him. Let's take one final thought and bring it all together. Let's take a look at the perspective of Stephen. The perspective of Stephen. He says, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into the heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the, at the right hand of God. Let me ask you something. If people are standing around you with boulders and they're throwing them at you, what do you see? When, when people are slinging insults, when, when people are, are bringing up past failures, when, when, when people do something that, that hurts you, what, what do you see? You see, Stephen had a completely different perspective. Stephen had a, had a perspective that, that we all desperately need. You see, what he could see was Jesus and the glory of God, even in the worst of circumstances. And, and when 
When I look at my life and I look at the challenging situations and the struggles and, and the times where it's like, man, it's really hard to forgive. Do, do you know what I see? I see the condition around me. I see the things that, that people have done or the, the things that people continue to do. But what, what Stephen is seeing is Stephen is seeing that God is in control. And in spite of what's taking place immediately around him, not only what he can see, but by the way, what he can feel what he's experiencing, Stephen is going, look, somehow I see the hand of God in this and the glory of God is, is working in this. And, and it's one of those Romans chapter 8, verse number 28 moments that we don't understand and we can't see. But Stephen says, God is up to something in the midst of the pain and the hurt and I can see his hand. I can see that he's in control, and regardless of what happens, I'm going to be okay. Not because I'm okay, but because he's made me okay. Not because I have all the answers, but because he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we look at Stephen, in his perspective. You see, there was the perspective of what he could see. He could see Jesus and the glory of God. There was the prayer that he prayed. That prayer was this, Lord, receive my spirit. He knew that God was still in control. He, he didn't say, man, I wonder if this thing I, I signed up for is, is real. I mean, he, he's not going, man, I signed up to go ahead and help the widows and the orphans and a few other people that couldn't take care of themselves, and now look where I'm at. No, he, he says, Lord, receive my spirit. He says, God, you're still in control. Can, can I tell you something? When life is at its worst for you, God is still in control. When Christ was hanging on the cross, people looked and they, and they said, man, we followed this guy and it wasn't worth it because now it's all coming to a, a, a screeching halt. It's done. It's over. And, and you know what? God, God was still in control. Christ was on the cross. He's in control. Nothing is happening that he, he didn't say would happen, right? The disciples have run and fled. They don't understand it all. And Jesus has said, look, this is exactly what's going to happen. God's word tells us that we're going to encounter struggles. God's word says, look, people are going to, going to fail your expectations. People are going to say things about you. They're going to hurt you. They're going to do things that are unexplainable. There's going to be pain and loss and hurt in this life. Relationships are going to break up. There's going to be struggles that hurt, that are real, that we don't understand. He tells us all that. But he tells us the way through them is to make sure that he keeps our heart so that he works in our words so that others can see that expression and that we can have the perspective that helps us to see God, that helps Stephen to pray. But get this, there was incredible power in it because he, he, he prayed, Lord, receive my spirit. And then he said, Lord, don't lay this sin at their feet. Don't charge them with this sin. I mean, can, can we just be honest for a moment? I think most of us would have been going like, Lord, could you like double this? Pretty painful process. I was serving you. I was being faithful. I had the best of intentions. 
here's here's what happens. He says, don't lay this sin at at their church. Do you know what he's really saying? He's really saying these people are filled with anger and they're doing a lot of things and they really don't understand exactly what they're doing. They really don't understand the consequence of, 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 of what's taking place. He said there's, there's something greater going on than, than this. You realize that not every time we get hurt, somebody intended to hurt us? Not every time that we're wrong did, did somebody intend to, to go ahead and, and wrong us. It, it, it may have turned out like that. It may have looked like that, but, but it didn't always exactly start out like that. What, what would happen if, if we just began to go ahead and take a page from the life of Christ, and when somebody wrongs us, we just say, Father, forgive them. They don't get the enormity of, of what they're doing. What, what, if, what if we could be like Stephen and say, hey, Lord, don't lay that to their charge. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you just to, to release them from it because I'm letting it go. The, the, the power of Stephen the power of Stephen is this. The, the, the Bible says that he, he said, Lord, don't lay, don't lay this charge at their feet. And then he fell asleep. What, what greater words could be spoken as last words than to say, Father, forgive them? I'm, I'm, I'm letting it go. We don't know a lot about Stephen. We know a lot about the guy named Saul. But we don't know a lot about Stephen. But, but here's what we do know that Jesus said. In Luke chapter 7, there's a story that unfolds. A woman comes in, begins to do acts of service and love for Christ, an expression of love by anointing him, washing his feet, and, and different things. And other people are looking around, and they're saying, why, why is, is this going on? And here's what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 7 and verse number 47. He says, therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Do you know what I think? I think Stephen was able to forgive because he knew how much he had been forgiven. And I think that whether or not Stephen was a really bad character compared to Saul or not is not of any value for us to try and figure out. I think what Stephen knew is this, that we're all sinners and we're all saved by grace. And it's the same grace and it's the same forgiveness that we all need. So Stephen said, you know what, Christ, I trusted you and you died for me. So, so since I've accepted you, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and be Jesus to, to those around me, and I'm going to try and be that expression. So you've got my heart, you've got my words, you've got my expression, you've got my perspective, because you changed me. You see, I, I think it comes down to this. Stephen realized how much he had been forgiven. And the problem is, is this. When we go ahead and compare ourselves to, to Saul and we say, man, I've never murdered anybody. We, we go ahead and, and make ourselves look pretty good. But, but Jesus said, look, if you've thought about murder and you've been that angry in your heart, you're just as guilty. We, we say, you know, I've, I've, I've never done this. Yeah, but you know what? James says, whoever is 
broken the law in, in one little point is what? Guilty, guilty of all. You, you see, Stephen knew that he needed forgiveness. And he knew that he had been forgiven much. So he was willing to forgive much. An act that'll change your life is forgiveness. And one of the reasons it changes our life is, is this. Because when we start to forgive, it is, in fact, a measure of our love for Christ. And that's not what I said. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said she loves much because she's been forgiven much. Stephen loved much because he had been forgiven much. When we realize just how much we have been forgiven, it'll change our life, and it'll help us change lives around us through forgiveness. So today, there's just three simple things. Number one, have you received the forgiveness from Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Number two, is there someone that you need to ask to forgive you? Number three, is there someone that you need to forgive? If the answer to any of those is yes, then do it today. Would you pray with me? With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, John, I'm not certain that there's ever been a time where I've given my life to Christ, where I've asked him to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. If you're not 100% certain that you've done that, I want to encourage you right here, right now, the best you know how, to simply say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. My life is not perfect. I have missed your mark. And Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm trusting in your death, your burial, and your resurrection to do that. So Jesus, would you do that for me today? If you ask, he will do it. Right where you are, right now, just ask him. Maybe right now you, you know that person that you need to ask to forgive you. Or maybe you know that person that you need to forgive. Right here, right now, say, God, help me to ask them. Or God, help me to forgive them. Help me to have a heart that's controlled by you. Not by the conditions, not by the actions of others, but by you. The heart of Stephen was filled with faith. Doesn't mean he was perfect. It just means that he trusted what God said and he took action on it. If we begin to do that, it'll change our life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I ask that today would be the day where they would simply say, Jesus, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, and I'm asking you to be my Savior. Lord, today, if there's someone that we need to forgive or, or someone that we need to ask forgiveness from, Lord, I pray that you would put that on our hearts. And Father, that you would cause us to respond. Lord, as we go throughout the days ahead, the, the weeks, that we come into a season where people are focused on you. Your death, your burial, your resurrection. Help us to be an effective witness for you. 
and of you. And God, I ask that you'll work in our hearts and lives as we go throughout our day and week and times ahead. Help us to live for you. Help us to be forgiving. For it's in Christ's name we ask. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.